here and welcome to another episode of My Pumpkin. Um, so, just so you already know off the bat, I am recording this a little early. I have to get ahead of podcast recordings for the next couple of weeks because I am going on vacation. I am taking my children to Disney. Um, I'm, I'm excited about the trip, guys. I gotta say that. Uh, because I really want to be able to do this for my children. The fact that I am able to do so is, well, because I work all the time, all the time. And part of my work is this podcast. And, you know, um, everyone, everyone listening to this is supporting the podcast by waking up on Sunday mornings and listening to this stupid little podcast, you're supporting it and the work I do. Um, I'm not going to go so far as to call this art, but this is work. (laughs) And so Thanks for supporting it. And for those of you who subscribe to the Patreon, which is at patreon.com backslash, 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 what the fuck? Uh, Let's try that again. It's at patreon.com backslash by pumpkin. Um, For those of you who pay your little five bucks a month to listen to a weekly bonus episode or those who pay your little $10 a month to listen to a weekly bonus episode plus a monthly episode where I just talk, I don't know, I just talk about myself (laughs) for an hour, hour and a half. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Thank you because the money that I get from that has made this podcast possible. It continues to make the podcast possible and it makes things like I'm, I'm taking seven people to Disney. I'm flying seven people to Disney. Like, that's not cheap, guys. That's not fucking cheap. But I'm able to do so because of this. So I just want to say thank you. Um, but also, I felt like I've been in a little podcast sweatshop because I've been, every day I've been recording something or watching something to record. It's been a lot. So I just want to let you know that by the time you hear this, this was recorded a little earlier And I'm probably going to, probably what's going to happen is I'm going to record, I'm going to consume content, spit out uh, recordings until I'm about two weeks ahead, until I could not record for two weeks and still, and still be fine. And then I'll take a break um, and go on vacation and and have an after vacation as well. And after vacation is a vacation after your vacation for people like me, who like to be at home and wish that people could just take a vacation at home. I mean, you can, they call it a staycation, but I got a whole family full of fucking extroverts that are just like, let's go places, let's do things. What, let's leave the house. I'm like, no, put your pajamas on. Get into this, uh, to this butt print in on the couch where we always sit and let's watch TV. Let's just be cozy. Let's be quiet. But you know, that's the life of, of a woman, of an introvert among extroverts. But what's going to happen is we're going to go, we're going to do things. We're going to fucking, we're going to Disney. We're going to Legoland. We're going to water parks. We're going to do it up. Okay. We're going to do the shit up. And then we're going to fly back here. And then nobody's going to talk to me <laughs> for like four days. <laughs> and I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it. So I'm excited for it, but um, I gotta I gotta get my shit together to do that. Um, so let's talk about the mother daughter experiment: colon celebrity edition. We're talking about episode four. It is uh, called "The Truth Hurts." I don't know who's naming these things. 
I would call this episode under the rug or sweep me up or swept away. See, yeah, yeah, there you go. A pun with an idiom. Come on. That's what I call it, swept away. Come, Y'all hire me to name your reality show episodes. So we pick up right back where Natalie Nunn is doing her best bad girls rendition. Like she's like, oh, activate it. I'm on it. And she runs in there. She's, if you don't, if you don't recall, what's going on is that like, there's nothing to do in this fucking house. There's no TV. I'm, I think they're probably there for about 10 days. I'm not sure that they have their phones at all times. I can't also imagine some of these people who've done a lot of reality being, being unwilling to be on their phones, uh, to take, give their phones up. So I don't really know about that, but the shit is boring. And so at night you're drinking and you're just hanging out and shit. And that's what's going on. And some of the women are in a room and Natalie and a couple of other women are outside on the ground talking and drinking. And I don't know, it, it just comes to the, it just comes to the, to the space where, you know, Natalie is being loud. She's singing wildly. She's singing um, Happy Birthday, Mr. President. Um, likely because Courtney Stodden was doing something Maryland-like, you know. Um, and so there are a smaller group of Jesse and Jesse, Jessica and Kim and Kimberly and I think Cassie that are talking about going to bed. And saying how loud Natalie is and Natalie won't be quiet. Um, and Natalie gets upset. And then what happens is that, so the door's kind of closed and Courtney says, I think they were talking about you in there. I think I heard your name. And that really activates Natalie. Now let, let, let me just be completely honest. I got a problem when people call me loud too, right? Or people tell me I'm too much. A lot of that is based on you want me to act a certain way because that's what you think is the most respectable. This is, there are racial undertones of things like that. Um, you know, I, a few white women telling a black lady that she's too loud is not great optics. But the truth is, even if I were, like the truth is Natalie was being loud. And Natalie is a person that when you tell someone when you tell her that something's bothering you, she's a person that won't stop. You know what I mean? She's going to do it even more. That's, that's, that's her personality type. But I also respect Natalie going, Hey, I heard my name. I mean, she's wrong. Cause I didn't hear it. I don't think they said her name. I just don't. I think Courtney was wrong, but like, I res like, you know, if I were outside of a room and I heard someone talking about me, I just go in and be like, let's talk about it together. I think the most aggressive thing that happened is Natalie kicked the door when she came in. And I don't mean that she busted in, but she like, but the way she opened that door was like, bam, on the door, which is a little much. Um, I don't feel sorry for like a Jessica or, a, or Kim at all, because like I said, I hate these people that show up on these reality shows and are all like, oh my God, like everybody's so loud here. What's going on? Like, you're not better than me. <laughs> like, you're not better than me. And maybe that's some shit inside me. I, but I'm a loud person. I got a loud voice. I come from a long line of loud fucking women. And someone shishing me, bitch, don't shish me. Don't fucking shish me. So I, I felt that. Um, but also, Natalie, you loud and wrong. 
<laughs> so I don't know what to tell you. Like, you over here, like, don't say my name. Don't say my name. Like, girl, what if they did say your name? What if they said your name and your name was, and they were like, Natalie's so beautiful. <laughs> what, if, what if that's what they were saying? Why not walk in the room and ask questions as opposed to go in the room and, and make statements? You don't know what happened. Literally, if I were in that hallway and I heard Princess in there, I'd peep in, I'd be like, huh, what's up? You said, you said my name, what are you, you, you calling me? I would have done that. As opposed to being like, boom, I heard someone say my name. When you didn't, you didn't. Courtney said they did. You not, then let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. Listen, Linda, let me tell you. Like, that's a lot. That's a lot. And I don't necessarily know that like, um, I just think it's got a lot of layers to this and a lot of things happening at the same time. And, you know, that said, the interaction probably took 30 seconds. And the most aggressive thing was the way she opened that door. But at this point, Natalie's activated. So she's walking around being bad bitch Natalie, bad girls club. I run LA. She's being that Natalie. And Karen's getting annoyed. So the two of them start fighting. And once they start arguing, Karen yells at her to sit the fuck down or something. Like, just, just, I could tell it's from frustration. But Natalie really harps on that. And she's like, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me like that. Do you want to leave? They have to go do confessionals, the the mother-daughter confessionals. And um, Natalie's yelling the whole time. We can leave right now. And Karen's yelling back at her. You know, Karen, I think Karen told her to shut the fuck up. The two of them are walking up and down the hallway yelling. And I, that is annoying. That is annoying. Kimberly's like, I can't deal with all this yelling and screaming. And I'm like, same, but I'm also like, shut up, Kimberly. I also don't like it when people yell and scream around me because I get like a lot of bad anxiety from it because I'm like, something bad's about to happen to me. But also, I don't think that's how Kimberly's talking. I think Kimberly's talking about like, you know, I just, we don't do that. We don't do that. Yeah, there's a lot of other shit you do do. Go back and read House of Hilton. I, I think I am going to read it. <laughs> um... You know, but I'll tell this, I'll tell you this. Kimberly does make the choice to go and talk to Natalie and be like, listen, I just want to talk. You know, nobody was saying your name. No one was saying that. Um, everything that we were saying about you, you heard. It wasn't, it wasn't anything extra stuff. And Courtney, <laughs> who was the one who actually like kicked this shit off. I mean, Natalie's the one to make choices, okay? Natalie made the choice to like, escalate this but Courtney did kick it off um is in the talking head going I think I was wrong <laughs> like they start giggling <laughs> I'm like yeah I think you're wrong too I'm I'm pretty sure that if someone in that room said Natalie's name we would have seen it so it all comes down at this point like Karen's mad Karen's in the room but Heidi and Natalie start drinking and talking loudly in the kitchen and Jessica has joined them because she was like, it was peer pressure. I'm like, okay, didn't need much pressure. Jessica, just admit you're a weak person. <laughs> like, just admit that. It's fine. I'm weak against Chipotle. What do you want from me? Um, Josie hears her and comes out and she's super mad. And Josie is mad about a lot of things. I've said this before. Josie's mad because she came here to be with her mother, whom she thinks is not been there for her a lot of times. And now that we're here, you're actually not spending downtime with me. You're spending it with these women. She's also mad because it looks like Jessica's having a lot of fun and she feels left out. She's also mad because she 
She probably wants to, they're all drinking and production probably won't let her. She's a lot of reasons to be mad. Some of them are pretty valid. But you know, also Natalie keep poking at her like, oh, I hope you're not mad, Josie. Like, I'm just, Natalie. <laughs> By the way, we walk into a conversation with Heidi talking, saying like, yeah, we have sex twice a day. Two times a day sometimes. Once a day, every day, definitely. But sometimes two times a day. Babe, don't nobody, don't nobody want to imagine Spencer having sex. Don't nobody want that. Like, that's perfectly fine that you are deeply in love with Spencer. I feel you. Me, I love me some Mr. Curtis. I do not think people want to watch a me and Mr. Curtis OnlyFans. I do not think that. I don't think y'all need the details of the cut of our jibs. I don't think you need all that. Because I actually don't care if you think... Mr. Curtis is sexy. I think his face is the best face in the world. That's why he gets away with so much. He's got a good face and I love it. And whether or not you like the face is, I don't care. So like, I totally feel Heidi being like, I'm just like, I'm super in to this short blonde man with a blonde beard that like disappears in certain sunlights and shit. I'm really into that. I love how he talks. I love how he mostly talks about women all the time. Like anytime he's talking about something negatively, it's about a woman. I enjoy that he hasn't worked in a really long time. I also enjoy that we live in his parents' uh, I don't know if it's a beach house. It's, it's his property his parents own. And that we just, you know, just do what we can, sell some stories, uh, sold some crystals, get on TikTok and say wild shit just so we can get paid. Come to shows like this. I love that about our lives. I love that about us. And if you like it, I love it. That is black people for I don't like it or love it, but go be stupid if you want to. <laughs> um, in the morning, Natalie and Karen are still arguing. Natalie is upset that Karen told her to shut the fuck up or to sit the fuck down. And she doesn't think anyone's like mother should talk to him that way. And I agree. Like one of the things I'm constantly telling my children is talk to each other like you care about each other. You can tell someone to put your things down in a way that's that does not make it seem like I don't love you. I said, I try that really hard with you guys. I want you to try it with each other. It's possible. That said, Natalie, you don't choose your words very wisely either. You just kicked in a door over some shit that didn't even happen. That you then had to apologize for an hour later. So Natalie, people in glass houses, baby. Um, The therapy session that day is all about communication. And each person needs to write down one issue they've been sweeping under the rug and then they put the cards under the rug and I was like what PA had to do this one of the funniest things about these fake therapy shows is everything that happens seems like a writing prompt in one of those journals that you get from five below that's very specific okay (laughs) But think about it. Have you ever been in Five Below and they have all those different journals? They'll be like, gratitude journal, bad bitch journal, journal for moms and daughters to put together, to do together. Like, it'll, they have all of these and then there'll be writing prompts in them. And everything they do on this show sounds like one of those writing prompts. So, Kim takes forever to get there. 
and is holding everyone up, which is a pet peeve of mine. I know that if I was on a reality TV show and y'all kept telling me to be here at 3 p.m. with makeup and hair fucking overdressed, right? Because I'm on TV. More makeup than I would ever wear because I'm on TV and I wanted to show up on TV, you know? Um, And I'm sitting in this fucking cafe. I'm thinking about Portia and uh, Cynthia meeting up. Um, Portia says that the production told her a different time to be there. And I believe that I, you know, production has got to do what it's got to do. It's got to make y'all mad at each other somehow. But I imagine, I'm imagining being a Cynthia and sitting someplace for an hour and production keeps coming over and being like, Oh, I think she's almost here. Like I would be fucking pissed. What time does the call she say for you to be here? Be here then. You know, so then when she does come out, like she's just in her room wearing like a, a Baja punch poncho or whatever. And I don't know, staring and singing. And then when she comes out, she's like, whatever. Like she's got a bad attitude too. So we all waited for you. People come saying she's coming, she's coming. And then you get here and you don't, you don't even start off with like, guys, I'm sorry. I'm late. Thank you. Or so one of like, you know, I try to, I'm, I'm trying to speak with intention, which is why I'm trying to make sure I get people's pronouns correctly. I'm trying not to use uh, mental health words when it's not a mental health thing, like calling someone crazy when I just mean that they're acting erratically or calling someone psycho when I mean that they're being mean and scary. Um, not using lame, which was a really like when someone pointed that out to me, I was like, Oh shit. Like, what am I saying? Okay. Okay. But I'm trying, but I, I love to just be like, Oh, that's lame. Like I love saying that, but also I want to be, and I, I want to have intentions with my words, but part of that questioning and making sure and like trying to mold my language to what my actual intentions are is avoiding apologizing, avoiding saying, I'm sorry. Cause I'm not sorry. What I really mean is thank you for waiting for me. Thank you for your patience when we have to go back and forth over this document of, of edits and rewrites. Thank you for your patience here. I'm actually not sorry about anything I did. I did the best I could with what I had. I'm an adult. I, you know, I, I got here when I could get here, but I do recognize that you had to wait for me. So thank you for your patience. Thank you for waiting for me. Thank you for waiting to start for me. That's what, so a lot of times, so I'm realizing that a lot of times when I'm, when I'm want, when my first instinct is say, I'm sorry, what I really mean is thank you. I don't know. Just something to think about. Um, so they start talking about the things. Krista says the things that they put underneath the, swept underneath the carpet. And I don't really understand that prompt because all they're talking about is shit that they've already, these are things that I already know about. These are things, this is the reason you decide to come here. It's just restate your problem in a different way. But okay. Krista says the real reason she's no longer Courtney's manager is that because they weren't appreciative of what Krista would do for them. Um, and Krista uses some example that was really, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if that like proves your point. Courtney is really annoyed because once again, it's about business and why are they and their mom never able to be talking about their actual relationship to each other? Why is it always about a, about a talk show or an appearance or why is it always about that? 
Courtney's problem is that Krista never admits that she's wrong. And Krista says she takes full responsibility for signing the paper to let Courtney get married to a grown ass man they met on the internet. Dr. Deb tells them to stop adding details because to the stories because it's never helpful. It just makes things longer and they get confused. Like Courtney's like very confused about what's happening. They talk, Dr. Deb says they talk all the time and say nothing at all. And Krista, all Krista does is deflect, which is true. Karen says that she ended her 22 year relationship and she can't talk about it with Natalie and she's been sweeping on the rug for nine years. Um, I don't know how old Natalie is, but I would most definitely think that Natalie was like 30 ish in this. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised by that. So are they talking about her daddy? Who are they talking about? Um, Natalie says that when her mother gets emotional, it irritates her. She says she doesn't care about that dude, her daddy. And she doesn't care about the situation. She says the, that guy is gone and Karen needs to move on. And Karen says that Natalie is just like her ex and she's cold. Um, Dr. Deb reminds Natalie that last week she was weeping over her mother's grave. She was. And now here you are, your mother is saying, I'm upset about something. And your response is, I don't care about that. I don't want to hear, I don't have time to hear about your feelings, which is like a really rude thing to say. Um, I'm not saying it's rude not to care about it because I don't care about a lot of shit. I'm actually like, like one of my friends is, one of my friends is doing the weirdest fucking thing. They were in an abusive relationship with a person for a really long time. They, they finally broke up with the person for good. And now, and they didn't see each other that much for two years, but now them and this pat, this ex, are best friends and hang out all the time. Like, like they're doing everything you would do in a relationship except the fucking. They're doing all the other stuff. And like, I've had that conversation. I've been like, but, but you are in a relationship with them now. You're in a celibate relationship with them. And they don't get it. They don't get it. They don't get it. Okay, cool. But, you know, I got to respect people. These people are adults and I got to respect that they're like, I want to make this decision. They're going to make this decision. I'm just your friend. But when they talk about this person, I'm like, I don't care. I really don't fucking care. But I have to remind myself, I do care about my friends. And so I'll listen. I'll talk about it with them. I'll be supportive. But I do not care about that person, that other person. I don't care about them. And so I'm like wondering why Natalie... Is that you're tired of hearing about your mom's relationship? I mean, it was 22 years long. <laughs> she was literally acting like she was supposed to get out of that relationship and just like, uh, I don't know, put on her bad bitch clothes and go to the club. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, that type of shit happens in waves, you know? You think you're okay today and that's, 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 uh, any relationship that long is often a lot like, uh, grieving. Yeah, I mean, it is grieving. You're grieving this relationship. But uh, Natalie's like, yeah, don't bring the shit up. I really think that Natalie's issue with her mother being so emotional is, um, you know, Natalie's not an emotional. I mean, she she is an emotional person. You don't kick a door to go, who's in my name? You don't do that unless you're an emotional person. But I think Natalie is someone who has trouble with vulnerability. Um, I can understand that. In like, like everything I do in this life is so that people won't hurt me. Cause one time, one time I stubbed my toe and now I don't go around corners. (laughs) 
And yes, it's funny when I talk about it like that because I sound like an idiot. But um, Natalie's like that too, it seems. Um, she seems like somebody who's got walls up all the time and other people being emotional or crying or, I don't know, uh, dwelling in a situation in which they took an L really triggers her. Because for her, she's like, on to the next. I can't talk about that. I can't let everybody know I'm upset about, you know? Like, and I get that, Natalie, but that's more about you than it is about her. Um, Kimberly says she's been sweeping her grandma under the rug. Oh, Big Cassie. Big Cassie. <laughs> um, Kim took care of Big Cassie, and that relationship has affected the way Kimberly and Kim affect or, or with each other. Uh, I can tell Kim is looking very intently and nodding her head at Kimberly, but I can see behind her eyes, her saying, don't say this, don't say this, don't say this. Like she doesn't want her to say anything. You know, last night on Twitter, I guess, um, it came out that Kathy like had a moment <laughs> on Beverly Hills where, you know, I'm not some... I'm not some, um, I'm not a mental health professional, so I'm not diagnosing people, but it sounds like Kathy got a little overserved and maybe was mixing pills and, you know, mixing prescription and then also in a fight with Ka- with Kyle. And so inhibitions were, were lowered, but like she kept trying to do the conga. She kept trying to get people to do the conga and they didn't want to, and she was getting upset and she, she was like, I want to leave. I want to go. I want to go. And. And so the only person I wanted to go was Renna. <laughs> and Renna takes Cassie back to the where they're staying and um, says, this is according to Renna, Cassie was having a meltdown. Cassie threw her glasses on the ground and stomped all over them and said she made Kyle and she'll, and she'll take Kyle and her family down. Now listen. <laughs> listen. I don't believe shit Renna says. I just don't. I don't believe shit Renna says. She lies too much and she's too much of a producer for me not to, to me to believe shit Renna says. I just don't. But I'm not saying I don't book. I'm not saying this could never happen. That's That would be ridiculous. But if Lisa Renna says something, I need corroborating evidence with that. I need something back. I need a secondary source. I need something else. We Before we go to press, we need to get some more. We need to... We need to flesh this out a little bit more. And the idea of Renna taking um, Kathy home by herself. Why are you taking Kathy home by yourself? That's interesting. Then someone, I guess Renna was like, oh, well, I can't say, I can't say what she said in the limo, in the car, in the Sprinter van. Excuse me, it was a Sprinter van. Back. And another person was like, yeah, because she hasn't made it up yet. And I'm like, mm. Yeah, I just, where the fuck are, why aren't y'all recording? Where the fuck is Heather Dubrow's iPhone camera footage when you need it? Why are there no cameras in the Sprinter van where Kathy is obviously upset and some shit's about to come out? The other thing I'd like to point out is Kathy Hilton did make Kyle. (laughs) She did. She did. I don't, she did. The first time I ever heard of a Kyle was when she's on E! True Hollywood Story for Paris Hilton. She was on, she did so many interviews about Paris Hilton. Anytime they were doing some um, 
interview like about Paris Hilton, they're always be Kyle like I'm her favorite aunt. That's how that's the first time I ever saw Kyle. That's who I that's how I knew who Kyle was when when this show started. Also, I can understand Kyle being like the fact that you had to do a lot of raising of me as a child and the fact that like I was famous, you were famous way before I anybody ever cared about me. I'm still like right now I'm more famous than you. I don't know. I don't I like it's very hard for me to gauge who's the most famous because take the street, like what people, what average people think. Like I'm a person that's on online a lot. I fight that title, but I'm online a lot. I generally, I'm not a YouTube uh, drama person, but I generally know what's going on online. My mom, on the other hand, does not go online. And so when I'm home with her and we're watching shows together. It's so interesting, her perspective on things because she doesn't know. She doesn't know that Phaedra's Mr. Chocolate was Giselle's ex-husband, Jamal Bryant, who liked to lay it low and spread it wide from the pulpit. She doesn't know that. She doesn't know, like, I need to check in with her, but I don't know if my mom knows that she by Sheree is on AliExpress because she's not online. And all the show said was, she by Sheree is a success. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when we talk about fame and stuff, a lot of times people like me who are perpetually online are like, oh, nobody thinks this, nobody thinks that. But I actually don't know what people think. I don't know what people who don't go online, who don't, who aren't on Reddit, who aren't listening to podcasts, but I don't know what the fuck they think. And the truth is, it's possible Kyle is more famous than Kathy. It's also possible Kathy's more famous than Kyle because a lot of people remember her as Paris Hilton's mom. I don't fucking know. I actually don't think it fucking matters, <laughs> to be honest, because I think all the things that they're arguing about, all the things they're back and forth, have nothing really to do with this show. I mean, yeah. Kyle, you're mean to your sisters. Like, you're so passive-aggressive. You neg them all the time. You wait till you get in front of other people. You... You very rarely stand with them. And I understand that just because someone's your family member and they're in the wrong, like you're not supposed to let them stay in the wrong. You're not, you're supposed to help them. But also, it seems like you enjoy, it seems like you enjoy when your sisters have missteps on TV. You can be like, I don't know what happened. Like, I think you're a bad person, Kyle. I just do. I don't think you're a super villain. I don't think you're that smart. I don't think that, I just think you're like, a normal amount of evil. You know, like, just like, you know you shouldn't be doing some of this shit. But you do it anyway and then you lie about it. You know? You're no evil, more evil than like, I don't know. The general manager of the local Target. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're like, it's it's a real mid-evil, you know? So, I, like, the truth is, Kathy and Kim and Kyle have sister dynamics and sister dynamics are the most complicated dynamics of all. I don't have any sisters, but I have six, seven, eight, nine. I have 10 sister-in-laws. And so I have had the great pleasure of witnessing the way grown women act when they are in their childhood home or their child, a situation in which childhood uh, dynamics are at play. 
even though I don't, I have brothers, so it's, it is different in a lot of ways. Just, you know, I, me and my brothers, you're never going to get in a screaming match about hair or anything like that. It's not going to happen. But the fact is, you know, um, sometimes my mom says things and I would just be like, oh my fucking God, why would you say that? In 1992, I asked you for some ice cream, but you said you didn't have any ice cream. And then I went outside to play. When I came back, you and Sean were eating ice cream. And then when I was like, well, where does ice cream come from? You were like, it was in the back of the freezer. I just found it, but you were outside playing. I was like, you didn't think I was ever going to come back? You thought, what you thought I went down the road? Did I leave the state? I'm out front. You could have said I have the ice cream. Can I have some ice cream now? No, you and Sean ate all the ice cream. So no, even though I'm the first person that said something about the ice cream, you and him ate the ice cream together and he's the oldest and you known him longer. And like, like I listen, family dynamics are fucked up. Okay. I get it. And so a lot of times with Kyle and Kim and, and Kathy are fighting, I'm thinking the underlying problem in this, the underlying problem in this is probably we can get to the root of the issue it's probably some beach trip you guys had in the 70s where someone's missing a hair clip and it turned into a fucking brawl. You know, it's the family dynamics are tough. We all have um I have moments where I will become a child in my parents' uh vicinity if they do something. If I if the two of them make fun of me at the same time, it's on. I will be very upset. And my whole family thing is we make fun of each other. We make fun of each other in love. It's all we do. We call each other up to make fun of each other. But if the two of them do it at the same time, I cannot be responsible for my actions. Okay? That's it. One time, my dad had come over to my house to do something. I don't know, to drop off something. My dad was was outside in his car and I'm talking to him. My niece is in the car too and my husband's out there. And I'm out there with my dog and my dog has a sweater on. And my dad said something about the fact that my dog had a sweater on. And then my niece said something about it and I walked away from them and went back in the house and refused to come back outside. And my husband was like, are you not gonna go? No, I'm not. Because I don't have to take that shit. <laughs> And I don't think, I don't think what they said was any, but I felt like I was being ganged up on. And when I was little, I felt like I was being ganged up all the time. I felt like everyone had jokes about me all the fucking time. And that you guys are always calling me weird. You were always like, oh, she's being dramatic. Oh, is she crying now? Like, and, and it would be like a pile on. And so if more than one of you looks at me funny now, I'm done. I'm done. Let me get my shit. I'm leaving. So like. And I'm sure that anyone listening to this has the same things. Whether you have sisters, which, like I said, is a very special connection. Sisters, sisterhood is, like, very powerful. But it also comes, it can be complicated. There are many layers to it. Whether it's with your sisters or your mother or even your grandma that, like, always negged you all the time. And, like, you never wanted to go over there, but your mom made you. You know, stuff like that. Um, It's tough, is what I'm saying. And so... A lot of times when people are like, oh, this is housewife. No, it's not housewife drama, actually. This is some shit from elementary school that Kathy's still mad at. And Kyle still, Kyle, I think Kyle is jealous of Kathy. And and I think Kyle is jealous of, jealous of Kathy's stature and the way people kind of defer to Kathy a lot of times. And it might be because she's older, either way. I, I Or maybe not jealous, but maybe Kyle is always feels like the little, little sister, you know? 
and playing catch up and being like, look what I have now. Look what I'm doing now. Look, at, look, at, don't, don't you think this is cool? Kathy, Kathy, big sis, do you think this is cool? Yeah, that could be that. There could be shit we're not even privy to that we can't even imagine regarding addiction with Kim and again, read House of Hilton. Um, shit with their mom. Yeah, yeah. And the time that you took their side when I was trying to take Kim to rehab and you wouldn't let me and and then she drove off the road that time and then you were you were in Aspen and you didn't come, but I had to go and I had to take a helicopter. Like they're shit. They're in their 50s, yeah? Is aren't they? I know Kathy's gotta be in her 50s. I'm gonna look up how old they are. These people have to be in their 50s. Um, Kathy Hilton age. Kathy Hilton is 63 years old, baby. And now that I think about it, Kathy Hilton was famous for a long was like was 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 doing it for a long time. And 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 her little sister, Kyle, who's 53. By the way, oh, there's a 10-year difference between those fuckers? Yeah, they got shit. They got 60 years of shit going on. And I don't think that we're going to get we're gonna get to the bottom of it in a reunion. <laughs> I just don't. I'm sorry. Anyway, Kimberly is just like, you know, she's like, I know that you went, I take care of you too, but not in the way you have to take care of your mom. Cause, um, you know, I guess it was a physical thing. Um, Kathy was dying. Big Kathy was dying. And I think just imagine walking around being like, hi, I'm big Kathy. <laughs> I just imagine me having my hands on my hips when I say it. Hi, I'm big Kathy. Like every time I have to say it. <laughs> um, anyway, um, Dr. Deb tells Kimberly not to downplay that, don't minimize your experience that I'm sure they're similar in a lot of ways. And just because, you know, Kim was wiping butts doesn't mean that your emotional support of Kim is any different than her physical, physical daily support of her, of her own mother. Heidi says that she swept under the rug what Darlene feels about Spencer. Darlene wants to talk to Spencer about what happened on the show. Again, the show is 10 years previous and Spencer doesn't want to. He's like, He's, he, he kind of dodges it, which I understand. Like, what are we going to talk about that show for? We're not on the show. Half the shit I said on the show was a lie. I was just saying shit. So why do you want to go back to that? Why? I can understand that. Uh, but Heidi says she's not going to make Spencer do that. And then we see a talking head where, um, uh, Heidi says that, if she had to choose between her mother and Spencer, she'd choose Spencer. No, no shit. No fucking shit. In terms of, I, I honestly, it's not that I think Heidi and Spencer want to break up and won't break up, but I think that part of what keeps them together is that nobody wanted them to be together. And so even when it's gotten close to like, you know, because people break up over wild, everybody breaks up eventually. I mean, one of you dies, you broke up. But... <laughs> I just say silly shit, <laughs> but, but, um, I think that the times that they might've broken up, especially over financial concerns, that's the number one reason people will break up that what's keeping them together is like, you know, the Akon song, nobody wants us to be together, but it don't matter. Yo or Oh, cause I got you. It's one of those. Um, Darlene says the thing she sweeps under the rug is that the person Heidi is on 
to the public is not who Heidi really is. And duh, duh, Darlene. There, and Heidi said something that was really, that I was like, Heidi gets it, okay? Heidi knows that she's on this show. She, she knows what her job is. She knows she's a reality personality. She goes on shows, she goes on talk shows, she's on the internet. That's what she does. And she says that being that is tough. Sometimes you have to be a wolf. Sometimes you have to act differently. And she's not just one thing. She says she's not just a sweet person. She's just not, she's not just a daughter. She's not just a mother. I mean, at this point, I don't think she's a mother yet. But uh, sometimes she's other things too. And I'm like, yeah, she gets it. Because that's what, that's what a lot of people don't understand is that when you are a reality TV show personality, you take on this mantle, whether it's a lie or not, to go on TV as your own person and do wild things is is tough. And the fact is when Heidi is helping Spencer spread rumors and going on doing interviews about how Lauren has a sex tape and won't lie and won't tell the truth about it and all that other stuff, that is Heidi too. That's Heidi. The Heidi you see at Thanksgiving is Heidi. The Heidi that's like walking in the park with her son is fucking Heidi. We're all a multitude. We all contain multitudes. Okay? The person doing this podcast is the same person that like has long conversations with Bunny about life. It's the same person that hides in her room with Mr. Curtis and eats chocolate while the kids while the kids think that we're like having a serious conversation or something. I'm the same person at my job who is like, you know, um, stubbornly refusing to be a part of things. It's, it's, I'm the same fucking person. I'm just different sometimes. And Darlene, I think is stuck on the fact that Heidi and Spencer are reality TV villains. That's their, that's their brand. And she's like, that's not my Heidi. But the truth is, even if they weren't reality TV villains, whatever is your Heidi is your daughter that you raised, the one that left home a really long time ago. She can't, she's not that Heidi. She'll never be that Heidi again. She'll never be 14. You know what I mean? She's been through a million, she's been through a million things. She's been through a million plastic surgeries. She's had a life. And the fact that you will not accept that she is a different person is actually a you problem, darling. It's a you problem. Um, after that, Char asks, so they do this, uh, they, they skip over Char and, and, and Josie and Jessica, mostly because I'm sure that it was the exact same things. But after this little, uh, meeting, um, Char puts on her Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yeah, Char's, Char, Seems like she'd be a lot of fun to hang out with. I keep saying that. But she seems like, she just seems chill. But she's, and she's funny. But she wants, she's like, Krista, fill me in. Fill me in on this, on what's going on. And she asks Krista how she feels about her 16-year-old child marrying a grown man. And she says that, Krista says that Courtney being with an older guy was good because it would be more stable. That's what she always thought. And that every day, they that she just thought it was going to be acting lessons over the internet. And every day he would send Courtney 10 questions. And one of the questions as a part of their acting lesson, one of the questions were, what do you think you ever get married someday? And that's when she started being like, Oh, what's going on here? Krista also wants to remind us that she, he hit on her first. He was like, I'm lonely out here in Hollywood. I need someone like you. 
And, and Krista said he seemed very lonely. And she said that after Courtney and Doug got married, Doug would come to her and say, you're the only one I could talk to. You're the only one I could, I, you know, you're, we're the same age. Duh, Doug, that your grown ass was having difficulty having conversations with the child you married. Duh. Which is why you shouldn't. Well, there's a lot of reasons you shouldn't do it, but that's why. That's one of them. What the fuck are you going to talk about? I can't even talk about life. I can't even talk about shit with my 25-year-old co-worker sometimes. Because they'll be like, who's Suzanne Sugarbaker? What the fuck? What the fuck? What am I supposed to do with you? If you don't know about the night the lights went down in Georgia. If you don't know that speech, what am I going to do with you? My 30-year-old co-worker was like, I've, I know about um, a Saved by the Bell, but I've never seen the episode. Okay, so we're done here because the next time I want to do a timeout to stop time and talk directly to the camera, you won't know what I'm doing. You won't know. When I'm seeing the song that Hot Sunday did when Zach managed the girls on the show in a group and that was the same episode that Jesse was taking the pills because she is an overachiever and she just wants everything to be right and perfect. Understand, Jesse, I understand. And she just didn't have enough time to be in Hot Sunday and be on the debate team and get straight A's and go and do this and be class person. So she started taking these fucking caffeine pills and then, then... She was so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. Like, yeah, yeah. This is important media. What are we going to talk about if your ass don't know about that? If you, if when I just said that, you didn't picture Jesse Spano in Zach's arms as he holds her and cancels the show because she can't go on because she's addicted to... Caffeine pills. I mean, only one episode. After that, she was fine. <laughs> Next episode, that never happened. Same thing that happened to DJ Tanner or a Full House. Fully addicted to diet pills. Seven whole days. It's uh, TGIF. Thank goodness it's Friday. And uh, she's good. <laughs> no problems. <laughs> no problems. So, so, like, these are references. And if you don't know the references, what am I going to do with you? So yeah, like, I guess Doug was 53 when he married Courtney Stodden, who was 16. I'm 42, and there's very little I can talk about with a 16-year-old. Very little. I mean, I can talk. I don't talk about any fucking thing. We'll talk. We'll find something. But they're not going to have my references. When I start off with, well, what would you do if your son was at home? They won't finish it for me. So what are we going to talk about? What the fuck are we going to talk about? Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, Krista. You're my age, we can talk. Yeah, uh-huh. So stupid. Um, But he said, but she, Krista says that Doug would confide in her and and said that he really loved her and all that other stuff. And Char, one of the reasons I enjoy Char, one of the reasons she's pretty boring on this show, but I still enjoy her, is that she goes, girl, you know you weren't supposed to be doing that. Yeah. Yeah, she wasn't supposed to be doing that. But Char, she doesn't know that. She doesn't know that. She lives on a different planet than the rest of us. That 
doesn't have these warning bells and these boundaries. That's another thing. Krista and Courtney have no boundaries, none whatsoever. And not just personal boundaries of things, of things that they will and won't do, but like don't understand societal boundaries. Like the two of them didn't quite understand that you can't do this. Like this, this is weird. Don't do this. They didn't understand that. And Krista does not understand that literally having these conversations with the grown ass man, I will not stop calling him that, the grown ass man that has married your child, your literal child, is inappropriate. Like the situation is already inappropriate, but the fucking cow's out of the barn now. So we just got to figure out what to fucking do. They're in the oats. We got to go get them. And make sure it's the right cow. Make sure, because that might be Mr. Harrison's cow. And you're going to fucking sell it to Mr. Bly. But your cow is over there. That's an Anna Green Gables reference. <laughs> and if you don't understand that reference, I actually don't blame you. A lot of people don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. That That's not it. But you better understand my Zach Morris timeout. You better understand that. Um, You know, in that conversation, Krista says that... um. Uh, Char's giving her a lot to think about. I'm like, mm, uh, when I see you thinking, that'll be the last day. So uh, Kim has been late for everything. Remember, we already talked about this, the session, the activities, the dinners, and how he has decided to call her out. She's telling, I believe, Natalie and Darlene maybe about it. She's telling a group of people about it. And so she decides to call her out. She goes to Kim's room, op- knocks on the door, and like basically tells her she's late to a lot of things. And Kim is defensive about it. Kim is also not new, not new to being famous, right? She was famous as a kid and as a young, and as a young adult, um, is not, she not new to this reality TV shit. Cause she immediately points out, she's like, oh, so you came here to tell, well, that's not true. First of all, she said, that's not true. Name a time that I was late. And Heidi tries to, and she's like, I didn't even go to dinner last night. We didn't have dinner. So that's not true. And then she goes, and you came to my door to talk to me about this and brought a camera with you? And Heidi's like, well, the camera wasn't with me when I came. Uh-huh. Yeah. And what happens is Kim ends up closing the door. That's the smoothest I've ever seen Kim. That's the smoothest I've ever seen her. And while she's in there, Kimberly kind of hypes her up to go confront Heidi again. And Kimberly's like in a talking hand blank. You know what? When my mom gets mad, you don't, you don't, I don't know what she's going to do. I really don't know what she's going to do. Maybe you don't know, Kimberly, but I know she's going to call somebody a slut pig. And then she's going to be like, let's talk about the husband. Now, (laughs) I'm just going to keep it real. Like, I really, really dislike Lisa Rinna. I really dislike her. I don't trust her as far as I can fucking throw her. I don't believe shit she says. And I don't trust her motives for anything. Even if she's telling the truth, I, my, my question is, what is your motive for that? And that could be worse than telling a lie, telling the truth with, with faulty motives. But I'll tell you what, if I'm at a table and some bitch looks at me and says, let's talk about the husband. Let's talk about Mr. Curtis. I'm throwing a glass. I'm banging that fucking table. I'll break all this shit in here. Yeah, let's talk about Mr. Curtis. What the fuck you got to say about Mr. Curtis? Let me tell you what. We can fight. You can talk about my mama. No, the fuck you can't. Don't talk about my mama. Don't talk about my man. Don't talk about my food. Those are my things, okay? Me and Candy. I'm serious about my man, my mama, and my food. I'm also serious about these children. But they're like further down on the list. 
All right. Actually, the first thing is my food. Don't be fucking with my food. I'm hungry. Number two is my mama. Okay. I really don't care what you think about my mama. <laughs> Actually, maybe I do care a little bit. But if you say some shit about my mama, it's on. Like, I'm not Kyle. I don't want to hear you critiquing the people that I love outside of our situation. I don't want to hear that. You can listen to my critique. I'm fine with people inside the situation with me critiquing. But you're not going to be from the outside critiquing. And I'm going to be like, yeah, 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 I agree with you. No, no, no. So yeah, if I were in Amsterdam and I was at dinner and somebody pointed their finger at me and said, let's talk about the husband, it'd be a fucking problem. What the fuck do you want to talk about him with? It's going to be a fucking problem. It's going to be a fucking problem. And you better not bring up shit that has to do with me because if I'm mad at him, I can complain about him. Do not, don't you start. So, but anyway, actually when, when Kim goes out there, it's actually, Kim's pretty chill about it. And I think she did a really good job. She was like calm about it. And she's like, you know, I don't like what just happened there. Um, you know, you shouldn't have done that because when you were sick and we were all, we all had to be like, wait for you. No, none of us here complained. And I don't like how you like showed up in my room with a camera to, to talk shit about me. And I thought that was really good. Um, she doesn't raise her voice. She doesn't get nasty. She doesn't say, let's talk about the husband. Um, Heidi takes it well. She says she's just trying to communicate. Natalie jumps in and says, well, you know, she Kim's right because you did have them late before. And Heidi's pissed at Natalie. She keeps calling her a team switcher. But, which is also annoying. Like, I just told you that I wanted to confront this woman. You didn't say shit. But as soon as I did, and she's like, well, blah, blah, blah. You're like, mm-hmm, she's right. Mm, no, don't say something when we're alone. And then later on, we get in front of people. Uh change your fucking story and make me look like a crazy person or an erratic person or somebody or make me look like I've, I've been saying this shit by myself. So the activity is um, a competition to put together a vanity of some sort. They open, like, when they open the instructions, there's no words, there's just pictures. I was like, that's Ikea. That's I kill at this. That's Ikea. I put Ikea together in my fucking sleep. Bring it on. Um, the prize is a relaxing spa vacation for two. And Kim and Kimberly are in the confessional. And they say, they say in unison, don't worry about it. We're going anyway. And I'm like, I actually like that vibes. I like, if they're like that together, like finishing each other's sentences and just being cheeky like that, I, 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 I'm down with that. So they start, they start this competition at 4 p.m. Oh, so the, here's the thing is one person has to sit is it always the mom? No. Krista put together things and Courtney sat. Um, one person has to sit and read the instructions to the person to the other person who's gonna put them together. Now here's the thing. When they say read, I can't instructions don't have no fucking words in them. And they do that so that the, so that it can be the same all over the world, right? So we don't have to have I don't have to produce a booklet with uh, 10 pages of, of English, 10 pages of French, 10 pages of German, 10 pages. I don't have to do that because the shit is in pictures, a universal language. So what the fuck is we reading? What we need to do is like, you have to identify things. I mean, I'll say A and B and C. I mean, most of the, most of the language uses the same alphabet, but of course there are ones that don't, um, 
notably, uh, you know, like Japanese and the Cyrillic languages. Is that, am I saying that correctly? I don't think so. So I'm gonna stop saying it, but, um, it seems, it, it, it seems like something you don't need to know that that is the letter A to understand that when I am pointing to this and I say A and then later on you see this picture and there's an A next to it, I mean the same thing. Like these could be stars and moons and and uh, hexagons. It could be anything. But it's done so that you don't have to be able to read the language to do it. But that said, you need to be able to look at it. So they already set them up for failure. So these people start at four. They're not done till eight o'clock. I don't think I've, I have taken four hours to put together Ikea furniture, but I was putting together two of the exact same things and it was my son's captain's bed. So they have these beds that have, they sit up high, they have these four drawers underneath it and then they have like a little shelf unit under it. And I really like it because you can store a lot of shit underneath it. Um, They're twin size beds, but they're more like, teenage breads or like young adult like I just moved out of my first house um, you know, I just moved into my first apartment and I'm roommates with six people it's that type of bed like st- storage beds that took a that took that took a while but I was doing both of them at the same time and I fucked up something I had to go back and do it so you know they go everyone's fighting Karen and Natalie are threatening to hit each other great communication um Courtney and Krista are lost and Krista ends up breaking the damn mirror on the vanity um, Kim and Kimberly are doing a lot of talking and they're taking it easy together. Cause I mean, that's their personality. Uh, Jessica and Josie seem to be on track. Star and Cassie are working well together, but Star and Cassie end up winning. Later, Natalie asks Courtney about their sex life. Is it good with Doug? And Courtney says, yeah, girl, girl. So also let me just bring something up. So I use the word girl for everyone. I call my son's girl. I call my daddy girl. I call my husband. I call Mr. Curtis girl. I'll be like, girl. Um, I have considered not doing it because I don't want to purposely misgender people, right? I don't want someone using um, him, uh, he, him uh, pronouns or they, them pronouns and it make it seem like I'm purposely trying to misgender them. But again, language means stuff. But at the same time, I need to defend my right to use girl. And I also think girl is genderless. Oh, girl, that's genderless to me. And I have put up with people calling me guys all my life. Guys is genderless to me. And so I don't understand why I'm not allowed Excuse me. I can see both sides, but there's a part of me. This is one of the reasons of resisting. One, it's now a tick, right? So now, anytime, anytime someone at work is like, "Well, princess, what about this?" I'm like, "Oh, girl, I don't know." <laughs> I need to be able to do that, but also, I think my intentions are good, and I also think that some people who know me know that I would never purposely do stuff like that. That's not what I want to do. And so maybe it's one of those things that I use when around people who know me and I just say girl for everybody and leave it at that because they understand my intentions. But when I'm like around strangers or something like that, I'm like, let me not seem like I'm out here misgendering people on purpose. I don't know. I want to take a moment for that because I remember I had a guest on here where I was like, girl, and 
I was like, oh, wait, do they think? <laughs> do they think I'm like fucking, do they think? I don't know. Um, but yeah, girl. <laughs> also, they say they were half a version when they got married at 16, which is the funniest shit I've ever heard. I love it when people say stuff like that. I was, I was a version. Oh, oh, do you guys remember the critic? That, uh cartoon on uh i think it was on cartoon network where um is it john lovett i think i'll be getting these lovett's mixed up um was the was voicing the critic but his daughter got married and her grandmother was like i need to know before the ceremony do you need do are should your dress be pure white and the girl's like, yeah, but maybe not the gloves. And I thought that was like one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard. She's like, yeah, you know, not all of me is a virgin. <laughs> I just, I just like people when people disrespect the idea of a virginity because it's made up. <laughs> so, um, um, Courtney says they separated from Doug when they were 19 because they were just ready to party and be out all the time and. He couldn't handle it. And they were really young. Like, yeah, you were really young. You were actually three years older than when you got married. So still too young. <laughs> um, Courtney says they wanted to take care of their mother emotionally when they got married. But six months into the marriage, Doug comes to them and says, your mother's betraying you in ways that I can't allow her to watch this. And he walks into the kitchen and Krista reaches out for him. And Doug is like, no, stop it. Get away from me. That is your daughter out there. I'm like, Courtney, I don't know that that really happens. I just don't know if that really happened. That's, it sounds made up. I'm not saying it's made up. I'm saying it sounds made up. And Krista was apparently saying, I feel what my daughter feels. I love you so much. My garden isn't being watered by my husband. Who the fuck are you, Vicky? Did Vicky teach you that terminology? My garden isn't being watered. Just say I'm in my slut area and let it go. <laughs> um, you know, Courtney says, you know, I saw it with my own eyes. Courtney says they stuffed it down until they got to that house. Like this is the first time they're talking about these things. And they tell us in a talking heads that Natalie really made them realize that they have never had a healthy relationship with their mother. Then we get a fourth wall breaking where production shows up and says they have to go to the, they have to go to the interview room with Krista and pretty much all hell breaks loose. We hear, I mean, we're going to talk about this next week. Okay. Because next week they're going to start way ahead. of. They're going to go, they're going to rewind it in case we weren't watching the show in case we started the show in episode five. Um, so they're going to, uh, what happens is Krista and Courtney are yelling in the confessional room and like Heidi and I think Cassie and a couple of other people are outside listening because there's screams and stuff. And, um, Chris is threatening to leave and Courtney's like, then go, then go, then go. And Krista is like, turns to the camera and goes, I will take full responsibility or something like that. But I have been in an emotional relationship with my son-in-law. And then you see Heidi go, well, I'm not going to bed till this plays out. <laughs> relatable, relatable. 
All right, guys, that's all we got today. And I will catch up with you guys soon. Make sure that you are subscribing. If this is your first listen, make sure that you are leaving me a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure that if you want bonus episodes every week of new things that we're doing, I've done some intervention episodes. I've done some a hoarder's murder mystery episode. I did a rap shit episode. Um, uh, Kara has agreed to come on and we're going to wrap up Real Housewives of Atlanta. I have a TN Tamara episode coming. I have, like, I have a ton of shit coming. Fun stuff. And uh, if you are interested in that, make sure you go to patreon.com backslash, not splash, that's in the kitchen, um, backslash by Bumpkin. Toodles, guys. Toodles, guys.